That is my brand. See, your brand is your reputation. Everybody has a brand. If you didn't think you had a brand, you do. Everyone has a brand. And the brand isn't just a product or a service. A brand can be an individual. You have your own unique flavor. Hello, my friend, and welcome to this Friday episode of A Call to Leadership. I'm Dr. Nate Sala, your host. So glad you're here. Every Friday, we work on one tool for your leadership tool belt. And this Friday episode is very special. It's an episode we're going to dive deep into the role of leaders as people who project an expectation. As a leader, people, our followers, expect us to behave in a certain way. When that expectation is broken, when it is unknowingly changed, it creates confusion in our followers. It can create all kinds of problems. And we're going to dive into the role of some different aspects of how expectation manifests itself as a leader. This is deep stuff, and it's important for us to really recognize how leaders and followers interact. What we do, what we say, what we value, what our virtues are, the principles we stand on, they eventually become how we're recognized in the marketplace as whether or not we are worthy to lead. And so as we dive into this episode, I want you to have an open mind. I want you to think about your own life. We're going to do some exercises. At the very end, I'll give you some principles and some ways to evaluate whether or not you have the expectations set appropriately for those who you are called to lead. In fact, when we talk about leadership, and if you've listened to this show, you know that I expect leaders to act with not only integrity, but with this focus on serving well, because I believe the, the pathway to greatness as a leader is serving your followers, is providing resources, tools, providing a pathway for them to do the, their best possible work. And so it requires commitment on our part. It requires resolve, that's will. It requires focus. It requires humility. It requires an open ear and an open mind and open eyes to see what the possibilities are and share those possibilities as you work together to form a better future state. In fact, I'll say this again, leadership is about discovery, about seeing the possible future. It's about influencing others to join you on a worthy path. And of course, it's about achievement, at least effective leadership is. It's about reaching those end goals because you've been around leaders. I've been around leaders who don't have perhaps one, two, or three of these components. Sometimes people don't have discovery. They can't get out of their own minutia. They can't get out of the details of the moment. They can't get out of the trouble they're in to see what the future might hold. They can't get on the mountaintop to view where they want to go. So they stay in this rut. And they keep in this cycle and they wonder why. Why am I not getting anywhere? Why am I always in the same place? That might be you right now. That might have been you five years ago. That I know has been me in the past. And I've been in a rut. I have to stop for just a moment. Here's the thing about leadership. 
If I'm in a place where I cannot influence, I need to stop what I'm doing and go back into discovery. If I'm in a place where I'm not achieving, I need to stop what I'm doing and go back into discovery. I need to be the explorer when I cannot find the pathway to reach my goals. I have to go back and start pioneering again, exploring. And what that means is when I'm a leader who is worthy to follow, I'm a leader that has identified shared values, shared purpose, shared meaning. And that shared sense of of belief based on a knowledge that we can overcome these obstacles, we can reach a better future state together, that is part of this entire relationship of leadership. That's a very important part of this idea of expectation. So we're talking about expectations. Here's what happens in leadership. We form a set of principles in our own lives. Those principles become our own model for our culture that we build in and of ourselves. They're also called values. They're also called virtues. They are what the bedrock of how we eventually are recognized in the world. In fact, we call what we're recognized, how we're recognized this. We call it our reputation. So you say, Nate, I get it. It's simple stuff, right? But think it through, friend. Think about it like this. The values I hold, the principles I hold, how I behave, what's important to me, eventually becomes how I live. And how I live becomes my reputation. And my reputation sets my expectation. That is my brand. See, your brand is your reputation. Everybody has a brand. If you didn't think you had a brand, you do. Everyone has a brand. And the brand isn't just a product or a service. A brand can be an individual. You have your own unique flavor. You have your own unique brand. I've got my own brand too. And because of my values, because of my principles, because of my virtues, that builds my reputation. And then that influences, that affects, that informs the expectation people have. I'll give you an example. When I was working on all of my degrees, I worked hard. I wasn't the smartest guy in the room. There were lots of people in the room who were smarter than me. But I worked diligently to recall, remember, to do the heavy lifting, to overcome my obstacles, to focus on the work, to record as much as possible in my memory so that I could have critical thinking and analysis in the classroom, on my papers, when I'm in discussion, so that I could excel. So I did this in my undergrad. I worked diligently. I wanted to get that 4.0. I wanted to have the perfect grades. And I got to the very end, and believe it or not, my last instructor, I got a 92.7 and on the final. And I was going to get an A-. And so I talked with the professor. I said, well, a 92.7, you round it up, it's 93, and 93 was, was an A. So we rounded it up, and I ended up getting an A. And so I had a 4.0. And so not that anyone even cared in the future, by the way. I always tell my students today, No one's ever asked me what my grade point average was as I was working on my bachelor's degree in business, but it was for me to achieve and to reach a goal. So I had intense focus. I had intense resolve and will 
and I had intense commitment. And so those became hallmarks of my values. So I went, when I went out to my master's degree, it was the same thing. I was intently focused, not on the grade necessarily, because I did get all A's. In fact, I think I had like a 3.9 or something like that. So I wasn't interested as much as my undergraduate. What I was really interested in was the quality of my education, the quality of my recollection, the quality of my learning, that the recording of all of the concepts so that I could then share them with the world. And so I worked, again, same thing, focus, commitment, resolve. And so what's happening here? I'm developing a reputation. You see, my values, your values become your reputation. And eventually that becomes the expectation. So then what happened after that? I work on my PhD. Same meter, same tenacity, same focus. And when I got to dissertation stage, when I began working with my committee, they knew that I had developed a reputation for just giving my very best. I wanted to give my very best. This isn't about boasting. This is simply about how we structure and shape our lives. And so then the expectation was, Nate, we expect you to do well because you are going to not only give your very best, but you're going to find a way to overcome the obstacles. And I did. I Everything that my dissertation committee suggested that I changed, it was a lot in my dissertation work. I modified, I changed, I adapted, I learned. Most of my younger years, I wrote a lot of creative writing and when you're working on a dissertation or really any business writing, I, one of my instructors in undergrad would say, Nate, it must be concise and precise because I was everything but concise and precise. I was flowery. I was wordy. And it took many years. I had a reputation for being wordy. And that was the expectation. But my instructors kept working, working, working to help me get concise and precise. And by the time I was finished my dissertation, I was finally put to bed the last vestige of wordiness. I say that to say this, asking you the question, what is your reputation? What are your values in the workplace? Do you value promptness? Let's just use that as an example. I always wanted to be prompt. I wanted to be on time. You heard the saying, if you're five minutes early, you're 10 minutes late. That's my philosophy. And so I've developed a reputation for being on time. And not only because I wanted to be on time, but because I had an agreement. Whether it was an employer, whether it was somebody I had a meeting with, I made an agreement. I made a commitment. And I wanted to stand on my word. I wanted to walk in integrity. Integrity is very, very important to me. Being whole, being undivided. And so that's a virtue that is essential. It is a non-negotiable. It's part of my core. And that virtue then becomes what? That virtue becomes part of your reputation. And then people expect that of you. So if you're late all the time, then what are you doing? You're developing a reputation of being late. The expectation is you're late. The expectation may also be that you really don't care. That might be the message that's being sent. I'm not saying that you don't care. Maybe there's some things going on in life. Maybe there's just all kinds of craziness, or maybe you haven't developed the discipline to be on time. That doesn't mean I'm always on time. But that's a core focus of mine, to be on time. This is how we develop a reputation. We develop a reputation on what we value, what our principles are. And this can go terribly wrong, too. So if we develop a reputation 
for excellence. If we develop a reputation for to meet a certain set of needs for my target customer, and I deviate from that, if I make a hard turn now, you can make incremental changes, explain why, and perhaps some of the people who are following you will continue to follow you. Sometimes, if you deviate starkly from what the expectation is based on the reputation, based on the brand you've built, that will confuse your customer. I'll give you an example. If you've listened to any of the episodes that we've talked about in the past month regarding Bud Light and the challenges they had with the marketing campaign that deviated far from their core customer. So their marketing campaign was based on, it was just an ad, and there was a can that had a rendering of the face of a transgender person. Now, this isn't a conversation around transgenderism or any of that. This is simply a conversation around expectations and reputation. So the expectation over the course of most of the advertising around Bud Light, a beer, has been geared around a certain demographic. Generally speaking, a non-transgender demographic. You're talking NASCAR. You're talking cowboys. You're talking straight men, right? I mean, this is just the general demographic. That's not doesn't mean that only straight men drink Bud Light. Definitely not. But the point is, is that's the expectation for much of the marketing and the advertising is based on that reputation for Bud Light. So Bud Light has this campaign. Again, a campaign's a campaign. It's not right or wrong. It's simply what the expectation is. You see, there was an expectation by the consumer that this is the way you're going to speak to us because this is our core customer. And when that core customer who is not the transgender says, well, wait a second, we're confused. This is not what we're accustomed to. We don't understand. We don't agree. And of course, there was a lot of negative stuff, a lot of really mean and hateful stuff. And I don't agree or condone that. But the point is that Budweiser, InBev, made a critical error in terms of how they perceived what the response would be. Because they didn't expect there to be massive backlash. They didn't expect there to be massive boycotting of a Bud Light. Sales went down majorly. I want to say like 20%. I mean, lots of market share lost. Their stock duck got downgraded. And so this is a huge issue when you are a leader and you create a representation based on your reputation. There's always going to be an expectation. Now, they can change incrementally, but if you make a hard turn in a way that is confusing to your base, your demographic, then you're going to lose people. And so in your own leadership, it's so important to know who is my customer? Who is my follower? This isn't just business. This is in a home. It's in a family. When you have a family, you have a reputation. You are going in a certain direction with your family and you make a hard turn. Be careful not to deviate so far that your family's confused. Like, hey, what's going on here? Explain, have conversations. If you need to change aspects of your reputation because you need to change aspects of your values, of your principles, explain why. 
If there are values and principles that you have that are not leading you to a place where you need to be to be a leader worth following, perhaps it's time to take another look at those values. Perhaps it's time to take another look at those principles and make some changes so that you can be a leader who is worth following. And I'll leave you with this. If you ever wanted to think about what are your true principles, I'm going to give you an exercise as we close. When you are thinking about values, here's what you think about. First question I would ask you, and if you're driving, you certainly can't do this, but if you're not, if you're sitting, or if you're in a place where you can write this down, I would encourage you to write this down. Think of a person that you know in your life who is such a person that if you duplicated that person in your life, that your life would be so blessed if you could just duplicate that person and have that person all around you at all times. Maybe it's in your life, in your business life. Maybe it's in your company. Maybe that this person becomes a coworker. If this person was a coworker of yours, you would be like, wow, I could get so much more done. This would be a game-changing team. Same thing if you owned a business. One person who you know would be a game-changer in your business. You would duplicate and multiply. Perhaps it's a friend of yours who you know, perhaps you don't get to see very often, but you really know that if I had more access to this friend, my life would be so much better. Now, okay, you have that person in mind. I want you to think of three qualities. Write down three qualities that this person possesses, three qualities. And so as you're thinking about this, three qualities they possess that you find most, most engaging Three qualities that are so important to you that you're so that you so value. Okay, write them down. Three qualities. And when you're finished writing them down, and if you need time, you can pause this or just come back and do this exercise later when you're not driving or when you're not tied up or maybe you're walking or going for a run. Next, I want you to write down, think of another person, okay? I want you to think of another person who you admire so much. The person you admire most, the kind of person who you would follow them anywhere. I mean, even to the depths of Hades, because you knew that this person would lead you out. They have such high standards. You know that they would not ever harm you, that they would help you to achieve massive goals. You would follow them anywhere. Total trust. You say, Nate, I don't know if there's anyone in my life like that. I understand. And if there's not, Perhaps now is not the time to think of that person. Perhaps now is the time to think of if I had a person in my life like that, what qualities would they possess? What are some character traits that they would have? Three top character traits that this person either has who you know or would have. Write those down. The next person I'm going to have you picture is the person who you, you desire to be. What are some of the key characteristics, some of the key principles, three of them, that you value most, that you know are non-negotiable in your journey of life, the ones that will lead you to the highest level of purpose, the ones that will lead you to the highest level of progress? Write those down. Now, what you have, if you've listed nine, you have nine core principles 
nine core principles for you. These are the principles. These are the values. These are the virtues which are most important to you. And so you've just designed your core values. In fact, as you think and look at those core values, you've just designed your reputation. This is the reputation you want to stand on. You say, Nate, I'm looking through some of these and I do admire them, but I'm not emulating them. Well, today is the day to make the commitment to begin to foster these values which you hold so dear. Maybe you held them closer at one point. Maybe some of them got left behind. Maybe they got lost, but they're here in front of you today. And so as you embrace these values, some of them may perhaps, these are all tried and true values that you live every single day. And that's the thing, friend, that is your reputation and that becomes your expectation. So people expect of you. And as you move through your day, keep these top of mind and understand how people perceive you in your day to day. Your reputation is built on an expectation. This is your brand, but the foundation is what you value. Hold on to those values. Live those values and thrive with the people who you are called to lead, those who find you to be worthy to lead. Well, my friend, we did it. I'm so honored you were able to join me on this episode of A Call to Leadership. Now, this might not be for everyone because you really have to be in a certain place in order to take the kind of steps to level up your leadership. And I want you to be taking steps. And for those of you who feel like you're ready for something like this, there's a place you can go. You can go to our website, greatsummit.com. I'll make sure that's in the show notes. But here's the cool thing that we have. We've got a master class. We have all different kinds of events. We even have our leadership club where you can meet other people just like you to go deeper in your leadership journey. You and I will get to spend some time together and really focus on aiming for greatness. I can't wait to see you there. I'm Dr. Nate Sala, and this is A Call to Leadership.